0: Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Earl Samson Folk and my goodness, the neo-funk leading up to my voice has never slapped so hard, has it? You're tuning in after the Raptors victory in Game 3 versus the Boston Celtics of the second round. On OG Ananobi's from the stars, unbelievable God-sent game-winning three with 0.5 seconds left, down two. It looked like the Raptors were going to go down 0-3. We've seen this before, and OG, the most calm, composed, unflappable man. The ball falls into his hands, and rightfully so, showing no emotion, he goes straight up, hits the three, and calmly walks to his cohorts, his acolytes, his teammates, his, his peers, his colleagues, who are all losing their collective minds. And he goes in there, and he had the audacity afterwards when he was being interviewed by a slew of reporters, some of which Blake Murphy, others among him, but being asked questions like, how did you feel? And of course, I've addressed this in my writing before. He loves the term, it's cool. So, when asked, hey, how do you feel about hitting that shot? Anybody else would be losing their mind. So ecstatic. OG says, it was cool. When we were celebrating, Gasol hit my nose, so that kind of hurt. But, yeah, it was cool. And then had these unbelievable quotes, like, I don't shoot, trying to miss. Or <laughs> when he asked, did you think the shot was going in? Yes. Were Were you excited? Has this happened before? And he says, yeah, I've hit them in high school before, so it's okay. Like, the man is I, he he basically you could not define what he is he he cannot be described properly the words don't exist and even if they did perhaps since og himself is such a laconic person perhaps it's best to just be laconic about this and try and describe everything that happened in a very short amount of words because that's what laconic means and that's one of the descriptors of og and my god yep Kyle Lowry throws over the nine foot eight or something standing reach of Taco Fall. The ball, an absolute moonshot of a pass, goes the length of the court into the waiting arms of O.G. Ananobi, who rises up and steals Game 3 out from under the noses of the Boston Celtics. A Game 3 in which the two men who hooked up for that game-winning pass... The two guys, Kyle Lowry and O.G. Ananobi, by far the two most affecting players for the Raptors on the court. O.G., one of the, an incredibly stellar defensive performance, one of the best performances I've seen on Jason Tatum to date. His one-on-one defense was mind-melting. It was so incredible. And Kyle Lowry, this bowling ball game of his where he just went to the rim repeatedly and the pull-up jumper came back in spurts. Two spurts to be specific, but his bowling ball game of just rumbling to the rim, unbelievable. The scoring punch he provided, and those two players, more so than anyone else on the roster, responsible for this win, 104-103, to 103. Raptors win this one. So, let's get into the game. Okay, so in the first quarter, right from the jump, the Raptors are running the 1-5 pick and roll almost exclusively. The ball is in Gasol's hands. The ball is in Lowry's hands, primarily Lowry's. Gasol is catching on the short roll on occasion. Lowry is getting to his own spots for layups on occasions as well. And sometimes Gasol was even getting in for a rim run, a dunk. And the Raptors, they go up early 10-3. I think Gasol and Lowry combined for the first 14 points, 10 from Lowry, 4 from Gasol. And they went up 10-3. And there's just this aspect of the Celtics that they don't even need to create good offense a lot of the time to keep their offense humming because their shot makers are so impressive. And in the first quarter, chief among them, Kemba Walker, blazing quick. They set those double screens for him. Michael Pina wrote an excellent article about it for GQ, I believe. And you can go read it if you want to see how they attack in that scenario. The Raptors still have not perfected how to defend it. Kemba Walker's getting loose, getting to his spots for mid-range jumpers. Jalen Brown kind of mixing in as well. And the Raptors, while playing, I think, a much more calculated version of basketball, working harder in the margins, every once in a while they'd cough the ball up, just a complete mental fart, and the Celtics would be able to go in transition the other way. And on top of that, the Celtics are just making jump shots off the dribble makes that the Raptors are defending well for the most part. But it's still life giving. It's still sustaining for the Celtics offense. And the Raptors still waiting for that to come back into their own game. They have to manufacture everything meticulously. They're trading buckets back and forth. The Raptors hard earned at the basket. The Celtics lackadaisical, one little screen action, pull up jumper type thing. And like credit to them, if you can make shots, be shot makers. If you can manufacture offense, manufacture offense. Watching the Raptors try and MacGyver this thing together, like duct tape, bubble gum, chicken wire. They put it all together for this win. It's kind of miraculous to watch. And the Celtics just oozing talent at so many positions, walking up the court, hitting jumpers. And But also, they, they were about to go stagnant. They had Wanamaker, Grant Williams on the floor. I think also... Oh, who else? Robert Williams checks in, and Norm Powell checked in as well. And my God, the dude, three fouls right away, sent the Celtics to the foul line for four free throws. Just an absolute mess. He looked so lackadaisical defending out there, jumping at everything, getting in real trouble for no reason. Like, very low-yield, low-leverage situations. And he is jumping like it's he has to be James Harden blocking Luguin's Dort or something to, to end the game. but So he got pulled right away, and that obviously wasn't good. Pascal as well, super poor start to the game. He, like, he couldn't score. He had super poor decision-making offensively. Defensively, he picked up three early fouls, and it was like, oh, my God, what is happening, right? Because it seemed like he took a step in the right direction in game two. That wasn't the case early on. It did change later, though, but we'll get to that. OG and Kemba, they exchanged triples. Kemba's coming at the buzzer because what would this be, this series, if the Celtics weren't hitting buzzer beaters at the end of every quarter and if it wasn't Kemba Walker? I think that's his third in three games. I think he's hit a buzzer beater at the end of a quarter in every game so far. And I suppose, like I shouldn't be complaining, the Raptors just hit a buzzer beating three courtesy of the dude The king, the lovable OG Ananobi, but it's still a little bit vexing why they're able to just keep hitting these goddamn buzzer-beating threes. But regardless, they go down 33-28 after the first quarter. OG immediately to start the second quarter. Cash is from downtown. A sign of things to come, as it were. The Raps doing a pretty good job keeping the Celtics at bay on offense, Throwing zone at them, throwing man intermittently, and doing a pretty good job of mixing it up. OG still doing a fantastic job on Tatum when he's on. Like if they're playing zone, typically he assumes part of the shell that's near Tatum. But if Tatum just completely moves to the other side of the floor, they're not going to completely cave the one part of the shell for him to get over there. But when they're playing man on man, terrific, very affecting defense on Tatum. But the thing is, the Raptors also slowing down a little bit offensively, still struggling from downtown, not able to create anything of merit for the most part, still relying heavily on OG as a catch-and-shoot guy, and obviously Kyle Lowry bowling ball on the way to the rim, throwing his butt into everybody, doing that great little move or that jump stop in the lane where he covers so much ground, uses his weight to bump the guy out, goes up for a layup, great stuff, but pretty much all the Raptors had. And the thing is, this was followed by uncharacteristically, or perhaps for this series, characteristically sloppy play from the Raptors. Just little boneheaded moves that don't make any sense. It prompted a lot of people, to myself included, to be like, wow, the Raptors such a smart team, playing really dumb right now. What's going on? And that's how I felt. That's how a lot of people felt. And I think correctly, because the Raptors were largely disappointing at that point in time. Fred and Marcus Smart traded triples. Everybody kept humming along a little bit. But here's the thing, and just looking at my notes, I'm remembering, oh my god, Kemba hit another buzzer beater, and the Raptors were down 10 at halftime. And that's when it was kind of like, are we going to start doing eulogies? Are the Raptors done 10 at halftime when you're not scoring the ball well? That is an immense amount of points to come back from. If it was two to six points at halftime. And you're like, okay, the Raptors, you know, they play pretty well in the third quarter. They're going to be able to punch up. But in this series where they haven't been able to create offense with that much regularity, you're kind of thinking, uh, maybe it's not going to happen. They're going to have to lock down on defense really hard. And typically they have not been able to put the Celtics in in jail because their shot making kind of, it's a get out of jail free card. They kind of pull it out whenever things get a little bit hairy for them. But they did that in the third quarter for a stretch. I think it was six possessions in a row that they didn't get anything. But the Raptors were given life by way of some shooting from Fred, some shooting from Kyle, and enter Ennis Cantor. For some reason, the Raptors, well, here's the reason. I'll, I'll spell it out. I don't know why Marcus, or sorry, Marcus Smart. I don't know why Brad Stevens did this. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. The Raptors started mixing the zone and the man really well, and they had a really great stretch where they were playing zone defense. So I think Brad Stevens thought, I'm going to put Cantor in there. He'll be able to rebound really well against the zone defense, and he'll be able to find room inside. And he scored four points right away, to his credit. But here's the thing Cantor got absolutely obliterated on defense. I mean, the Raptors hunted him out every single possession to great success. They got back into the game and took the lead in that stretch when Cantor was there. It was not, it just didn't seem like a good idea. It seemed like that might have been where the, the Celtics gave up the game. It was just a very tough decision, especially when Robert Williams was playing so well. I've been really impressed with Williams' performances in this series. He was a plus three, Cantor a minus four. In a game where you lose by one, these are the margins, man. They, they matter a lot. And in the midst of all this, Pascal Siakam begins to emerge. He begins to ascend. He gets to play off ball. He gets to slide in for advantageous post-ups. He gets to spot up a tiny little bit more. And he's not, he doesn't have this burden of creation on him because the Raptors asked a lot of Kyle Lowry tonight. Fred VanVleet starts shooting better. Okay, things are trending in the right way. The is are into space a little bit. Siakam can shoot some more gaps. He'll find more space. In that moment, he's finding room for his game that isn't forced and off the dribble. He starts to hit shots. He hits a three that puts the Raptors in the lead. He's, he's ducking in for layups. He, he finds the odd post-up that's advantageous. It's good. Good things are happening. And defensively, good things are happening. Really impressive defensive stands from Siakam in this game. There was a blunder late that allowed for the tight dunk. He didn't protect the rim first, but overwhelmingly a major positive on the defensive end. His coverage, fantastic. And even though this year he was known more as a team defender, a scheme defender who covers so much ground, can test shots like nobody's business, kind of faltered a little bit as a one-on-one point-of-attack defender. But he had gargantuan series of possessions as a defender against Tatum and that that is so meaningful that even when he struggles he's still going to put in work on the defensive end so that was so nice to see so he emerges the Raptors are starting to get more from a lot of different players Fred is in the fold as a shooter definitively Kyle is in the fold as a playmaker as a barrel just an absolutely unleashed barrel full of heavy things rolling down a hill he's a block of cheese on his way to crush civilians waiting at the bottom the world's biggest block of cheese let's say I don't know how big that is probably bigger than Kyle Lowry but that's what he is he's he's more than he appears to be of course and so Pascal is there Gasol even though he's not doing well shooting the three and it's terrible he won't even look at the rim his defense is is really, really good. He's doing a fantastic job. He's chasing out on the top. The Raptors are recovering well behind him. They get to play a little bit more aggressive. Of course, that did bite them in the butt a little bit late, but in that moment, helping them get back into the game, super important. And of course, at the end of all that is the incumbent, the wonderful OG Ananobi. So you're looking at a team now, not a disparate collection of players who can't hit jump shots and you know an outstanding performance from one guy. The Raptors are piecing together a team effort, and more increasingly so offensively. And so they begin to fight Claw. They get back into it. Down four, headed into the fourth. And a hell of a way to go down four. It's just Serge was in the game, and his defense is tough in this series. Kemba hunts him. The way that the Raptors went after Kanter when he was in the game, that's happening to Ibaka all the time. And Ibaka... For the record, you know, there's some pop to his defensive game. When he comes in for a block, he can be kind of affecting, he can be intimidating as a weak side helper sometimes, but a lot of the time he's getting picked on by these guards in a way that Gasol isn't because Gasol really plays, he really knows how to leverage the floor between him and the guard and him in the big. It's just he reads the game so well on that end. Gasol, sorry, Serge getting picked on a little bit. That happened at the end, and Brad Wanamaker need uh, sorry, Kyle in the nuts so hard, like he jutted out that knee going for a layup, made contact with Kyle. I thought it should have been an offensive foul. Kyle got called for the foul. he got an Brad Wanamaker got an and one, and that was kind of how that ended. They looked to see if it was a flagrant, but that wasn't the case, but I've seen OG called for that many times. so I, I don't know what to make of it. I thought it was an offensive foul. But, of course, the fourth quarter is where the Raptors show their large and unwieldy cojones. Fred hits two mammoth triples off the start of the fourth quarter. Brings them right back in the game. Like, you're there. You've got the lead. Kemba hits an N one to tie things up. Kemba hits another jumper. They go down 89-85. Things are getting a little bit hairy. Raptors, they put in Norm because they have to give a break to some of these guys. Like, Lowry played 46 minutes, I think. Norm immediately attacks off the bounce, gets to the bucket for an end one. Didn't make the free throw, but that's okay. Lowry, he pulls up. He lets it go from downtown. It's 90-89. They're back in it. But here's the thing. Powell gets it like six feet off the three-point line, and he rises up, and he cans the triple. We're just waiting with bated breath for Norman Powell to insert himself into the offense. Because there, there are openings for a guy like him to make hay while the sun is shining. The Celtics are a good defense, but they pay a lot of attention to Kyle and co. Norm should be able to sneak in as a shot maker and make a difference on the back end. And he did. Now, this is where it gets a little bit hairy for the Raptors. They had trouble containing the dribble penetration. And it led to dunks. But also, there were some brain farts towards the end of the game that just could have been avoided easily. The Celtics, they broke off an 8-0 run. In there, you have a really nice scoop to the rim from Tatum, a nice midi from Brown, but then you have a rebound that the Raptors, two Raptors had their hands on, and somehow it bounces crazy, and Tice just dunks it on the back end, and you're like, damn, it sucks to give up two points at this point in the game when baskets are so hard to come by and the game is so close. And then after that, they kind of double-smart in transition. They trap him on the baseline. A third guy comes over, but they don't protect the rim. Brown creeps in off the wing. It's a big dunk, and you're kind of sitting there going, okay, that's probably the signifier. That's it. The game is over at this point. Like, how are the Raptors going to catch all the way up? But here's the thing. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. Kyle Lowry bowling balls to the rim on back-to-back possessions. And then Siakam has an all star, all NBA level defensive possession against Tatum. He throws up an air ball. The Raptors have life. They have a two for one opportunity. I think there's 35 seconds left. And they try to make it happen. They miss the shot. But here's the thing they get a defensive stop. And Van, Van Vliet gets to the rim for a layup, a, a circus layup, an incredibly impressive finish to bring us even at 101. And that's when we're like, okay, the Celtics have to score. And so the Raptors, they remember what happened in Game 2. They remember the step back from Kemba. They don't want that this time. Mark isn't fouled out this time. So they're going to be really aggressive in how they play it. Kemba, some on-ball wizardry, beats the angle around the double, gets into the middle of the court. The Raptors' defense is shifting. Siakam probably should have stayed home at the rim and let Lowry go out to Brown if that's where the pass went for the three. But Siakam leans that way. So does Lowry. The back end is open. Kemba makes an incredible pass to Tice. Tice dunks it with 0.5 seconds left. And it's like, oh, God, the Raptors, they're going to go down 3-0. How do you come back from this? You just had Lowry play like 46 minutes, and you still have to climb back into this series. And one, you're down 3-0. You have to win four games in a row now. That's, man, that's really tough. That's incredibly tough. But here's the thing. OG Ananobi, as I described at the start of the pod, creeping out in the corner. Jalen Brown picks Gasol up because Tice is just floating on defense, apparently. Taco Fall guarding the inbounds pass. Lowry, the moonshot, carries straight to the shooting pocket of OG. OG puts it up. Raptors win, baby. Unbelievable game. What what an unbelievable game. All right. The Reggie Evans Award couldn't go to anybody except for OG. Second game in a row. Not only was he extremely impactful offensively, everybody knows the game winner came, but the 10 rebounds he provided on the defensive end, the defense he provided on Tatum, nothing short of incredible. He, his whole floor game in this one was immaculate. So, yes, the Reggie Evans Award... Quite simply, has to and couldn't possibly ever go to anybody else except for OG and Nobi. And the top quick reaction comment is from Niagara underscore dude. Quote, I'm just happy for our players. Would hate to have to listen to the clowns in the U.S. had they gone down 0-3. Thanks, OG. End quote. Uh, Yeah, I I wasn't too worried about the optics of who was going to talk about the Raptors or what. I just wanted them to have a shot in this series because I didn't think... The disparity between these two teams was so much so that the Raptors go down 3-0. I thought it was going to be a close series. I didn't know for sure if the Raptors would win this thing. And still, like, you know what I mean? They're not a for-sure win or anything. They're actually going to be favored to lose this series, of course, statistically. But they're back in it now. And it should reflect how competitive these teams are going forward. It would suck if they went down 3-0. And... Yeah, I like, I don't care what anybody says. The Raptors exist as a team, regardless of what people say. I mean, nobody w- thought they would win the chip last year, and they did. Nobody thought they'd be good this year, and they did. So it doesn't really matter. The Raptors are going to do their thing. But anyway, that feels like a good place for me to end it. I have to go lie down and, like, come down from this. I am buzzing. I am absolutely buzzing. But anyway, that's it for me. Thanks for tuning in. Whether you're getting into this in the morning, or at night. And also, if you want to, leave a nice review on the iTunes. Uh, if you listen to Apple Podcasts, leave a nice review there if, if you feel so inclined. But thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed day and goodbye. New home ownership can be a real eye-opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates now at homedepot.com/workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com/workshops. Want to hear something amazing?